Social Strategy Podcast, episode 45. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast. Let me ask you a question. So picture this, you're in a head-on collision. In total, both cars are traveling at over 150 miles an hour and they slam headfirst into each other. You're injured, you're on the side of the road, you bleed out, your heart stops and you die. After about six minutes, the paramedics are able to revive you. What would you do next? That's what my next guest was actually faced with in his life. And then his story starts from there. You guys are really going to be thrilled about it. So before we get started, I did want to tell you guys that, you know, I was trying to figure out something in Audacity this past week, so, uh, an editing thing. And it was laying a track over another track and doing it in Audacity instead of doing it in GarageBand. And I just, I was Googling and I, was, I thought about it. I'm like, what am I doing? I've got access to lynda.com. But just think about that for a minute. When you're trying to figure out how to do something, do you have expert instruction? lynda.com forward slash Ross, 10 day free trial. I'll tell you more about the rest of it at the end of the show. So let's go ahead, get started. I want you guys to really get into this interview. This is going to be awesome. And I will see you on the back end. This is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And today, guys, I've got a really great guest. This is a treat for me because I read this author's book. It was the first book that I actually got on Audible. He didn't know that until, like, just this moment. <laughs> and I was looking around for just something different. I didn't want to go into business books and this and that. I'm like, okay, look, I need some personal development stuff. I'm doing coaching now, Miracle Morning. And I looked at it, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Eh, eh. <laughs> and there were a couple, there were a couple mixed reviews. And you know, I always search for the bad ones first. I look and I'm like, no, nah, let me listen to the sample. And I'm like, well, you know what? I've got a free book on Audible. I guess this is gonna be it. So when you join Audible, you'll get a a, a free book when you first join Audible. So I joined, I got the book. And it's one of those books that if you actually do any of the stuff, even just 20% of the time, it'll make a significant difference in your life and your business and everything you do. My guest is Hal Elrod. He is the author of The Miracle Morning. He's a, he's a business and success coach. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. He's a speaker. He's got multiple strings of income. And as of today, like one of the number one articles on entrepreneur.com for business, it's called seven steps to what did I, I mess that up. <laughs> seven, seven, <laughs> 7.1 steps to create multiple streams of income. I, I got your back, Vernon. Don't worry. There we go. There we go. Al, Hal, welcome to the show, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, this is um, this is interesting. How, tell me about this article. Um, so, yeah, good question. It was uh, well, first a few a few months ago, I was you know I have a podcast as well called Achieve Your Goals with Hal Elrod, and I was just brainstorming the topic and asking you know the question which I often do, which is like, what do I do or have I done that people would you know get value from? That's kind of where I usually start when I'm thinking of a podcast topic, and it just kind of hit me. I went, I've got like. 10 different streams of income, you know, half of which are, are passive at this point, 
that pay me whether or not I'm sleeping or vacationing or working or not working. And I thought, I, I never really thought of it because I never set out to like have a strategy where I'm like, all right, I'm going to create multiple streams of income, right? It just happened where, because I, <laughs> right. I have ADD. That's all it is, is it's like I created one stream and then I'm like, all right, I'm bored with that. What else could I do, you know? Um, so yeah, so I recorded a podcast on uh, why and how to create multiple streams of income. And it got such great feedback that I then did a, a follow-up, which I gave these seven steps. And then uh, I started writing for entrepreneur.com uh, probably six months ago. And uh, I, I only have my third article. I've been slacking, but uh, but yeah. So I thought, you know what? This is such just such great feedback. I put the article out there, and you know, I'm still. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I get excited. I'm, but I'm just like blown away with it. Hits number one on all of the entire website for the day, and then now it's number one for the week. And you know, so anyway. But uh, no, that's yeah. that's awesome. All right, so I, I wanted to give people a little bit of taste of just some of the stuff that you're doing. But I think we have to go back okay. and talk a little bit about. Who is Hal Elrod and the fact that unlike most people, you've had the experience of actually dying. How yeah. did that happen? Yeah, so I'll give you guys the quick background um, kind of synopsis uh, of my, you know, my story, if you will. And in my life, I've had what I call two rock bottoms. And we've all had rock bottoms. It's, it's an experience where you feel like you've never been as low as at that point. And I always kind of joke that, you know, when I was in seventh grade and my girlfriend broke up with me, that was like my that was my real first rock bottom. Right. <laughs> and you've been there where you're like, you think life can't go on and you don't want to go to school anymore. And oh, you're just yeah. depressed. Right. So rock bottoms are all relative to who we are at any given moment when we're faced with an adversity. And so my first significant rock bottom when I was 20 years old, I had been selling Cutco for a year and a half. And I had broken quite a few of the company's sales records. I was one of their top sales reps. And so one night I gave a speech at a conference, got my first standing ovation. It was kind of like a high point in my, you know, speaking career, if you will, at that point. And I got in my brand new Ford Mustang, brand new car, three weeks old, got on the freeway, 80 miles an hour, seven miles an hour. Life is good. I'm feeling grateful. I'm, I'm just amped from the night's events when a drunk driver gets on the freeway doing 80 miles an hour in a full-size Chevy truck, much larger than my little Ford Mustang. And the Chevy truck hits me head on and both of us collide. You know, it's like 150 mile an hour head on impact. And the worst was yet to come. The front of my car is crushed. The airbag explodes, there's roof buckles, but my car goes spinning sideways and the car behind me crashes into my door at 70 miles an hour. Oh my God. And Breaks almost every bone. I mean, 11 bones on the left side of my body were broken. My leg broke into pieces at the femur. My pelvis broke in three places on and on. My ear was almost completely severed. My eye socket was destroyed. And I punctured my lung, ruptured my spleen, and I bled to death. And it took about an hour for me to bleed to death. But they couldn't get me out of the car. When they finally did, I had lost so much blood that my heart stopped beating. And heart stopped beating for about six minutes. And thankfully, the paramedics didn't give up. They kept working, you know, and they revived me. And I was taken to the hospital. I underwent emergency surgery, a total of, I think, eight surgeries, uh, metal rods in my leg, my arm, metal plates in my eye socket, and came out of the coma six days later. They said I would never walk again, and I had permanent brain damage. And, you know, to keep, again, a long story short, uh, <laughs> three weeks later, I took my first step. Four weeks after that, I went home. And against doctor's orders, I got back to work. And like a week later, I was on stage taking a, a trophy as one of the top sales reps. And I mean, I had, I had, I mean, I couldn't walk. My left hand didn't work at all. Like I couldn't use my left hand. I was limping. I was in pain. And I was like, man, I got to get out there and, and sell some knives uh, just to kind of remind myself that I'm okay. You know, like I'm, I'm okay. This, this thing isn't going to beat me. 
And, uh, and I always joke, of course, I use the sympathy plea. I mean, right. what are you going to do? You know? It's like, yeah, I died. I died like seven weeks ago, Mrs. Customer. Do you want to buy some knives from me? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so that was my first rock bottom. And I wrote my first book called taking life head on six years later, uh, you know, all about that crash and how I took life head on or whatever, and kind of what people could do to overcome their adversity and, and be happy and really love life. Even when it was, you know, as difficult a, 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 as you could ever imagine it being. So any thoughts or questions on that? And then you can, we kind of, no, man, going. it's, it's, it's just an awesome story. And, you know, to be able to come back from adversity is one thing, but to be able to come back from literally losing your life, bleeding out on a highway and losing consciousness, everything stopping for six minutes while you're being revived and then being able to come back from that three weeks later to start back into your life. I think it's, it says a significant amount about just the amount of perseverance and will that you have. And so it's no surprise that when you came up with this miracle morning thing after your second rock bottom, which I'm kind of skipping over to, yeah, it's not it's not that surprising because it it takes an extreme amount of will and positive mindset and anything and everything that you can think of that has to do with wanting something more than what you currently have to be able to go from that to something else because. I mean, let's face it, a lot of people that would have destroyed them, period. And, yeah. you know, they'd be the, be the type of person that would possibly be disabled and not wanting to do anything else or, you know, wallowing in the stuff that happened to them and maybe never got better, possibly never even left the hospital if they had even survived. So there's obviously a reason for you to be here. And I just think that it's awesome. I love to hear that story every time because it gets me pumped up. It's like, okay, nothing's that bad yeah. <laughs> right now every time yeah. I hear it. So I really did want to share that with everybody. Let's let's move on to like your second rock bottom, which you alluded to earlier. Yeah. And before I do, I just I want to comment on your comment, which is, you know, you said that it says a lot about me and, and my perseverance and all of that. And I'll tell you, Vernon, I, I don't I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that. But the way that I see it, I really see it as it, it says a lot about human beings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to me, anything I've ever done, I try to see it as evidence of what's possible for all of us. And anything that anyone else has ever done, I try to see it as evidence of what's possible for me. That makes sense. And all, and all of us, right? So anyway, I just I just really like I, I just I, I, I try to really make sure people don't disconnect. Go, well, yeah, he died. Of course, he's all positive and shit, you know, <laughs> um, like I really try to, to, you know, I want people to really embrace and go, wow, man, what am I going through that I've maybe made some excuse around or, you know what I mean? And, and like and use my story as evidence of what's possible for you, what you can overcome. And that if I can be happy, in fact, I, I mean, I tell the story, but I was so happy in the hospital. The doctor thought I was delusional. They thought I was in denial, but it wasn't that I was denial. It was just that I was grateful because I was alive, you know? And I think that if, if I could be happy in those circumstances, it's evidence that every single one of us has everything that we need right now, no matter what's going on in our lives to be as happy as we could ever possibly be. It's just a matter of how we, how we see things. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I think it's a great point to, uh, to, to bring home and make sure that people understand that because it it's true. If any, if someone else can do it, then you know that, Hey, that that's possible. I saw yeah. him do it. It's like nobody ran the four minute mile until the guy yeah. ran the four minute mile. And, and then, then everyone started doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we'll transition here. And so my second rock bottom, it was surprisingly worse than the first, which usually when I share that, people give me kind of a funny look like, dude, 
you died. Like what, 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 what was worse than that? Were you like tortured or something? Right. Uh, no, not, not at all. It was in 2008, 2009, the U S economy crashed and, uh, I lost over half my income. I was a, I was a success coach at that time. I had a coaching business with about 20 clients, uh, you know, paying me around $500 a month. So I was making, making a six figure, you know, kind of coaching business that I had going. It was pretty, Pretty successful for I, I felt at the time, and I just bought my first brand new house, bought my a dream car. Like life was great, and then the U.S. economy crashed. I lost over half my clients because they couldn't afford to pay for coaching because they were feeling the effects of the economy it just trickled down. And as a result of that, I, I couldn't pay my mortgage. I stopped. I canceled my gym membership. I stopped exercising, and literally, I was in the worst shape of my life. So it was physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially, I was at my rock bottom, and it was. I was deeply depressed for the first time in my life, you know, and um, like when the accident happened, I didn't get depressed and people go, well, why? I don't get it. What's the difference? And I've tried to figure that out. And I think one of the things is it was like when the accident happened, it really was rock bottom. Like, OK, I died. But now I'm like the doctors put me back together. Right. My bones are broken. But now they're they're put back together. I got metal rods in there and everything else. And I can only go up from here. It can only get better. Whereas when the economy crashed, I like, you know, I, I, it felt like rock bottom every day and then it got worse than that, that you know, by the right, end of the day yeah. it was worse. Oh, it's yeah. like, okay, I can accept my current circumstances. I would use all my, mo you know, mo motivational mojo and then it would get worse. I'm like, come on. Like it was like quicksand, <laughs> right? Like stop it. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of it. And obviously I didn't have the, you know. I didn't have doctors and nurses like taking care of me and, you know, family visiting every day saying it was going to be okay. You know, they were done with their own stuff. So, um, what happened was six months of this downward spiral where I lost my house. I lost my identity. I just, I was a wreck. And, um, I finally listened to a friend. He gave me some advice that how you got to exercise every day, man, go on a run, listen to a self-help audio. I went the next morning for a run. I heard a Jim Rohn quote in my iPod that changed my life forever. And it literally, and, and it changed it faster than I ever thought possible. And it's, it's, it's the catalyst for the Miracle Morning. The book would not exist today, I don't think, if it wasn't for this quote from Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn said this, uh, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. Oh, I'll yeah, I've read, I've read that. That is awesome. Yeah, I'll say it one more time. Your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. And on that day, I ran home and I created the most extraordinary personal development routine I could imagine. I decided that even though I wasn't a morning person, I had to get out of my comfort zone to take my life to the next level. And I'd wake up the next morning at 5 a.m., an hour before I normally did. I went through these six personal development practices. And by 6 a.m., even though my life was still a mess, I felt amazing. And I ended up, um, and it wasn't called the miracle morning then, but within two months of doing my morning success ritual, if you can call it that, uh, I had more than doubled my income. Uh, my depression was gone. And I went from being in the worst shape of my life to training for a 52 mile ultra marathon that I completed. And I'd never run before ever. And, and I, I completed that five months later. And it was such a profound turnaround that I started calling it the miracle morning. And now, you know, it's five years later or something. Right. Uh, we have, you know, there's over a hundred thousand people around the world that do it every day and, and they swear by it. And they, they report results. Like I lost 20 pounds in my first month. I, I increased my income my first month. I read three books, I on and on and on. So that, that's kind of where I'm at today. You know, it's pretty amazing. I, there's something that you said, and I've, I've heard you say this before, when you talk about when you when you got into your miracle morning and you started doing it, that you had doubled your income. What exactly did you do? 
Yeah, great question. So, uh, yeah, because it's important to realize I, I didn't get a promotion. I didn't strike the you know lottery. I didn't. I didn't get a you know. I didn't. I didn't start a new business. It was doing what I was already doing. So what had happened was I lost clients, right? So it was real simple. I had around let's say twenty clients paying me five hundred dollars a month. When the when the when the economy started to crash, and I got down to I think like eight clients, so I was at I went from ten grand a month to four grand a month, right? Right. And my mortgage alone was like thirty two hundred bucks. So I, <laughs> I you know, I mean, I, I couldn't pay my bills, and so, um, and so all it was was by use. And by the way, I've never been asked this before, so cool question, Vernon. I like this. Um, so all it was was I just got back up to 22 clients or no, 24 clients. Mm-hmm. So I went from eight clients to 24 clients in two months. And what it was, uh, I, I basically based on, you know, when your emotional state is, is down, you don't think clearly, you don't, you know, you're not as intelligent as you, as you, as you are capable of being right. They've, they've science has shown like right. when your emotions are high, intelligence is low. Right. So by getting at a peak mental, physical, and emotional state every morning, and I was reading business books, um, I was able to just simply get, get clarity and really get my confidence back, you know, confidence, clarity, and then I had some strategy. I, there's a great book called um, Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got, and it's like it's by uh, Jay Abraham. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal book, Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got. It's a great business book, but he basically talks about there's only three ways to increase your, your revenue. Um, you get more clients. Uh, you increase the average amount that each client is paying, or you increase the amount of times that a client is paying. That's it. Yeah. And so I, I went back. To, I just referenced my my you know my time when I was in sales. My strength was I, I had like five times the company average in terms of referrals I'd get per client. The average sales rep for my company would get like three or four referrals per uh, uh, prospect or, or customer they would see, and I was I would average fifteen to twenty. And so I went, wait a minute, why don't I supply my referral strategies that I used to use back then to this business? And I called my clients and I, I wrote out a word for word approach of what I was going to say first. I called my clients, I asked them for referrals, got a bunch of referrals and, and that was it, you know? And so, I mean, increased my, yeah, my income, but I mean, I guess I, I tripled my income now that I think about it um, within two months, you know, from, from doing that. It sounds so simple. And, you know, I, as a business coach, I talk to coaches all the time. Yeah. And one of the biggest problems is getting clients. So, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, you go out and you get clients. And all the coaches I talk to say, well, how do I get clients? And I'm like, well, you got to get on the phone and call people. And they're like, well, where do I get these people from to pay for these high end coaching sessions that I want to sell? And I'm like, well, maybe you don't need to sell high end coaching right off the bat. Maybe, yeah. maybe you need to start at, you know, you're a couple hundred bucks a session. Yeah, or, and that's where I started, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, start start small and move up from there. And they're like, well, I can't even close those kind of clients. Since you're a business coach and a very successful business coach, what's one of the tips that you could give for actually getting a referral or approaching a, a coaching client? So, I mean, first and foremost, I, I would I would give a big picture rather than, you know, I'll, I'm happy to give a tip, but I would say that you've got to study sales and marketing. And this is the biggest thing. And I, I've actually spoken at, at various international coach federation uh, chapters on this topic. Mm-hmm. And um, I always say, you know, how many of you read books on, on how to be a better coach? And everyone's hand always goes up. I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. Right. I was like, how many of you, read, how many of you re- are diligent about reading books on sales and marketing? And it's usually like, you know. 20% of the room goes up, maybe. 
And, and here's, I learned this from my coach a long time ago, my business coach, is that uh, whatever product or service you sell, stop trying to get better at that product or service. You're probably already good enough, you know, or better than most people or can provide a great service. He, he just said, you've got to become a master of sales and marketing. That's where all your energy should go into is studying sales and marketing. So if you're if you're a coach, it's especially true because people become a coach not because they want to do any sales or marketing. They want to help people, right? Or yeah, or exactly. make money doing something that they're passionate about or whatever. You got to become a master of, of sales and marketing. A great first book to read is called Book Yourself Solid by Michael Porter. Read Book Yourself Solid and mark it up. Take notes, underline, circle, and then go and back and reread it. Right? Implement <laughs> right, exactly. it. Exactly. I mean. That'll be a game changer. Yeah, just um, just his one section on referrals is something that could change your business. I recommend that book to everybody I talk to. That's always have that has problems with sales. I'm like, buy the book and buy the audio. There you go. We, you and I didn't even I didn't even know that. So that we're totally on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. Yeah, so, and I met Michael Porter a few uh, months ago in uh, at an event in Toronto. Very very cool guy. Very cool guy. Oh, so you were at that event that he spoke at? I saw some videos that he had. Um, yeah, mastermind talks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm already I'm going in this. It was the best event I've ever been to. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, except for to. my except for my own. Did I say best? I meant it's the second best. Second event. best, right? Yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> best you've been to, not the best that you've put on. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. That I've attended. Yeah, you're right. Now you just actually had a, a a live event, your first live event. Where where was it? And tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it was my first live event. It was years of fear in the making. Um, meaning it's funny in my, in 2011, I was reading my affirmations like six months ago and it was like, this is the year. It was my 2011 affirmations. And I was reading them like six months ago. It's like, this is the year. Get over your fear. Put on your live event. You owe it to the world. People will come. And I'm like, dude, I didn't do that in 2011, nor 2012, nor 2013. I'm like, I am lame. Right. (laughs) So I finally was like, I got to draw my line in the sand. I just got to announce that I got to pick a date and pick a location and announce it on Facebook. And so I literally, I just, I stopped thinking about it and letting all the fear and doubt override me. And I just went on Facebook or at first I was like, when would I do it? First weekend in December. I said, Hey, everybody mark your calendars. My first live event, this first weekend in December in San Diego, count on it. Like, right. Boom. Like, holy shit. Now I got to figure out a venue. I got to figure out what my event's going to be about. Right. Um, but that's it, man. You got to commit. And, and a great quote from one of my mentors, and people should write this down. Uh, one of my mentors, Mark Globus, used to say, when you commit, the how reveals itself. That it does. Right? When you commit, the how reveals itself. So my first event, and everybody can jo- – you got to go check out this video. The, the three-minute like highlight video is it'll make you smile. It's amazing. Go to bestyeareverblueprint.com. Dot com and that's the name of the event best year ever blueprint.com Vernon if you haven't seen the video go check it out it's three minutes and it's it's just amazing and and uh, and there is an early registration you know if you want to book a spot for this next weekend but it's it's unlike any event out there and that it's or most events anyway most events are you know you sit there and you take notes for three days or two days or whatever mm-hmm. and you go home with 15 pages of notes and and you're supposed to figure out how to implement and review and, and put them all into practice and this was much more about we did everything we taught you so it wasn't teach you how to do something and then teach you how to do something else. It was teach you how to do something and then actually break into groups and do it live while we're there. So kind of a mastermind element to it. And so you were never learning something for longer than 30 minutes without actually implementing it right away, real time. And, and it was, of course, designed to help people you know, prepare for their best year ever. Oh, wow. That's nice. That's, um, that is different because most, like you said, most events you go to, you get a big binder full of stuff. Yeah, you go through it, and you, you mark it up, and you do all your stuff, and you take all your notes, and you get back, and you've got a book full of notes. 
and a pad full of notes and a big ass binder and and you never look at that again right you never <laughs> dude even me who is a coach and who's like you know i dude i, I can't tell you how many binders I have on my on my shelf of of events i've gone to that were amazing and i had the best intentions and i just you know I didn't get around to, to getting back to it. I'm a little better about it now. I'm a little more intentional and focused. But but in general, you know, most people, unless you have, unless you like are skill attending an event and getting a lot out of it and implementing it, it's kind of a skill. Yeah, you know? it is. And and um, so we kind of took that out because a lot of these people they don't go to a lot of events. So we took it out that out of the equation. We're like, hey, we're going to implement it with you for you while you're here. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think the event mindset is. Uh you first you start going to the event and, and getting really into it and you end up collecting the stuff and you don't do anything with it. And then yeah. the second part is, okay, I've got to actually start implementing the stuff because it's too expensive to keep going to these events and yeah. not yeah. doing anything with it. So yeah. no, that, I've been there before where I journal, no more events, start right. implementing the stuff I've learned at the last 10 I went to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's funny. So when, when you talked about, and we briefly talked about it when we first started the, the 7.1, steps to creating multiple streams of income that the article that's currently out on entrepreneur.com. Yeah. What are some of the streams of income and how do people go about actually doing the business side of it? Cause you've got an amazing personal development story and an inspiring story, but I know people want to know, you know, what, what do I do to get started in line? So if you wouldn't mind, could you go over a couple of those steps and a couple of streams of income and how someone could go about developing it? Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's funny because I originally, I wanted to, uh, I, you know, I put my streams of income in the entrepreneur article so people could have an example. And they're like, my editor's like, no, we, it's too self-promotional. We can't put it in there. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm like, I, I know that when I'm learning something, it's easier for me to see a real life example versus just the principles, right? So, right. so I'll share it on your podcast since it's not in the article. So, um, the, uh, yeah, so you can get the steps in the article and I, I can go over a couple of those right now, but but um, my streams of income, the first stream I came up with, and this is really the first step, uh, the first step is to, well, here, here, I'll, I'll go through the steps and then I'll apply them here. Number one is establish financial security, right? That's the least sexy step, but it's kind of like, if, you, if you're not making money right now, don't try to, like, like if, you're, if, you're, if you have a business, you're an entrepreneur, but your business isn't bringing you very much income and you're struggling financially, don't go focus on your second stream of income, right? <laughs> like establish your first one first. So you, that, that, yeah, that, that, that should go without saying, but you know, people love the shiny penny and what, what, you know, they want to do something different before they've done the first thing they got to do. So first thing is establish your financial security, get your base, get your current business going or your, or your day job or whatever. But the next is clarify your unique value. And, and this is the thing. We often discount our own value. We, you know, it goes back to that Marianne Williamson quote, which is like, who am I to be you know, special and talented and beautiful? And you know, it's like, who are you not to be? Mm-hmm. But we've, the, the best way to do it is, right, you ask yourself questions like, what, what do I know? What life experience do I have? What professional experience do I have? What have I gone through that might have been difficult? Maybe you were, you know, abused as a child. Well, that, that, that can be, you, you can, there are a lot of people that were abused. And if you can overcome that, or if you have overcome that, now you have something that you can help people with, right? It's just one example. Um, so for me, when I asked that question, now, when I established my second stream of income, I was selling Cutco Cutlery. So I was one of Cutco's top reps. And I knew that I wanted to move on to my dreams of being a speaker and being an author and and possibly being a coach. And uh, so my first stream of income, when I asked that question to myself, what can I do? What's my unique value? I thought the only thing I've really done is I I sold a lot of Cutco. And I'm like, (laughs) right. I bet there are a lot of Cutco reps. There's like 50,000 reps in the company. I bet there's a lot of Cutco reps that would probably – 
invest in coaching on how to do that, right? How to accelerate their success and take it to the highest level like I did. And so that's where I started. I started very close to home. I started just coaching Cutco reps. And um, I, uh, I started, and I think you mentioned this earlier, right? Which is uh, I started at $200 a month for four, four. So, I mean, it's amazing how much, when I think about how much I've grown. So for four hour long calls, oh it was two, yeah, it was $200 a month. Uh, and now, you know, for two 45 minute calls, I think I'm like six times that or something, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, but you start, you start somewhere, you know, and then I, and I, I started with people. And by the way, here's a little bonus tip. If you, if you're, if you're new at any business, right, there's a great book. If you haven't read the book called Influence by Robert Cialdini, you have to read it. It's, it's the Bible on how to influence human beings to do what you want them to do. Not in a negative way, but you know, if you want someone to buy from you or someone to, you know, if you want, I use it on my wife when I want her to go see the movie that I want to see. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So influence, one of the laws of influence is the law of contrast, right? Which is where if you present two, we'll use the example of prices, two prices, one after the other, and there's a separation between the two. Well, the second price seems smaller if it's lower than the first price, no matter what the price is. If I were to say, hey, Vernon, this costs $200, you'd be like, ooh, that's a lot of money. If I were to say, hey, Vernon, this normally costs $400, but today you can get it for $200. You go, whoa, that's a great deal. Right. Right? Price is the same. Price is the same. But ultimately, it ends up uh, being how you view it compared to the first time. So I said, hey, my normal coaching rate is $500 a month. However, if you sign up today for the first six months, it's only $200. You get more than half off. And then under the stipulation that if you renew your contract, it's at the regular rate. So people were like, wow, what a great deal. If I would have just said my rate's 200, they would have been like, mm, gosh, coaching? I don't know. I've never had a coach. That just seems <laughs> right, like a lot of money. Right, right. right. So it's all about the law of contrast. So anyway, so I, that's how I started my coaching business. So that was my first stream of income. Uh, I, I then wrote my first book, Taking Life Head On. Uh, that has never made me a lot of money, um, you know. Uh, but, uh, but that was, it's a stream of income. And then, uh, the, and then I launched, uh, my speaking career that, you know, to this day, I, I am an international keynote speaker. That's my pat one of my passions. I still speak quite a bit and all these do kind of feed each other. So when I'm speaking, I, I use an email, uh, a mobile marketing program. So people can, there's a slide that goes on, on the state, uh, on the screen and they can text in their name and email address. And then it has an auto, you know, they get an email with the first few chapters of my book. Um, and now they're on my email list, right? So I get coaching clients from there. People buy my books when I speak at the event, right? My coaching clients will then will also book me to speak at their events. People that read my book will book me to speak at their events. They'll hire me to be their coach. So they all feed each other. It's something to think about that if you're designing multiple streams of income, focus on one at a time. First of all, that's an important tip. Don't try to design 10 at a time. Every stream I have was one at a time. Once it was established, I focused on another one while the other one kept, you know, kind of kept it running. Um, but that's it. If you can make it so they feed each other. So all of my streams of income feed each other. Like I said, my, when I give a speech, I sell a ton of books. My, most of my speeches come from people that read the miracle morning. I would say 90% of my speeches. I don't do any marketing for speaking at all. It all comes from people that read the miracle morning. Now that wasn't by accident. When I wrote the book, I intentionally mentioned, you know, not overwhelmingly, but in a few places that, hey, yeah, you know, keynote speaking is part of my passion. I've, I've spoken all over the world. You know, I incorporated it into the story kind of subtly. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then at the end, there's a page at the end that says, hey, if you want to book how to speak, right? And it's got like some testimonials from clients, like, you know, Fortune 500 companies and this and that. So, so it's intentional, right, that people 
you know, um, that read the book are the, the seed is planted for them to book me to speak. And then same thing with coaching. No, that's awesome, man. That's, and that's awesome advice. You know, it's, um, it's funny that when you talk to people about building multiple streams of income, they'll go, well, you know, I saw this one thing and it's going to help me get clients. And so I just bought this new program and it's also going to help me get clients. And, you know, I've bought this other thing and it's going to also help me get clients and they're all over the place. Or you'll, <laughs> you'll talk to a business coach or someone else and, and they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. But I saw this really interesting thing on on how to sell T-shirts. And if I can make a few thousand dollars selling T-shirts, you know, and something unrelated, then, you know, I can use that money to help me with my coaching business. And I'm like, stop chasing yeah. the shiny objects. And it, it makes sense that one thing you do should feed into the next thing. And you can develop multiple streams of income from whatever it is you're doing. And it doesn't have to be that you're writing a book. Yeah. No, it doesn't have to be. I mean, yeah, you can, you could, you know, you could buy real. Well, here, here's a great example. Um, I'm reading a book right now, but called Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker. Have you read that yet? Yeah, I know Chris well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll be on his podcast here uh, t- tomorrow. I think. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, the uh, but but anyway, so Chris Ducker, right? He runs a company called Virtual. I believe it's VirtualStaffFinder.com. Yeah, VirtualStaffFinder.com. Yeah. And so he wrote a book called virtual freedom that talks about how to, you know, why to use virtual assistants and build a virtual staff. And then, so it feeds into his thing. And it's funny, I I had a call with one of my private coaching clients today, Vernon, actually that was two, you know, an hour ago. And he's like, how, okay, I got my book ideas. I'm thinking about doing one on time management or one on like book series, like, like synopsis of my favorite books or one on like how to manage your mood. And this guy's a web designer and an SEO, right? Specialist. Right. And I go, how about, right? And, you know, and, and so I coached him and said, dude, you need to write a book that points you as not as the expert on mood management. What the hell is that? You, know, you don't make your money from that <laughs> right. as the as the website guy. So like I gave him the idea, you know, the actually I don't want to say it in case somebody else takes it before he does. Anyway, but I gave him a, an a, idea on a title that was about a, you know, like like built, you know, getting money from your website or whatever. So the point is he writes that book and now it's also a great marketing piece. He can send that out to potential clients. It's a lot more effective than a brochure. Brochures get put in the trash and don't give you much credibility as an expert books usually don't get thrown away and now you're the expert yeah so yeah i've heard that from so many um like event bookers that actually book speakers for events they'll say well you know if a speaker has a book they're more than likely going to get booked even if we don't know if their subject is is a 100 going to fit the audience because they have a book and it's just more valid than a speaker that wants to just come and talk about a particular subject yeah, and I do recommend absolutely. I, I agree. I've, I've had, I remember this woman that she booked me to speak. It was back when I was speaking at high schools, and it was my highest paid speech ever. Uh, it was sixty five hundred dollars to speak at a high school, right? Which is like I don't know where she got the money, but um, <laughs> when awesome. I was there, she goes, she goes, Hal. She's like, it's so great that you sent me your book. She goes, I read. You know, that day that I called you, I called like eight other speakers. Um, you know, some of them sent me nothing. Uh, you know, half of them sent me brochures. You're the only one that sent me your book and it's been sitting, all their brochures are in a filing cabinet somewhere. Your book's been sitting on my shelf, staring at me. I finally picked it up last weekend and I thought I've got to have you. And so I recommend for almost everyone, uh, there aren't too many cases where I wouldn't say that if you are an entrepreneur or business owner, you should write a book on your topic. It positions you as an expert. You can charge higher fees. You can use it as a marketing piece. There's, you know, there, it gives. I mean, there's just there's so many, and you can make money off it. You know, and you can sell them in bulk. I mean, just such a. I think it's one of the, you know, whatever you're doing. If you're building your business, your stream of income, I think that you should have an hour every morning scheduled. Right, do your miracle morning. Wake up early and uh, and and you know and write your book. 
and uh, and, and do that simultaneously while you're building your your income because you're not going to make money off your book while you're writing it. It's not something you're going to get quick money, um, but it can really lead to a lot lot of money, uh, you know, uh, in in the future. Right. No, that's that's very good advice, and I think that's a, a wonderful note to end on for coaches. You got to go ahead and write your book. You've, you've got to put your passion on paper. And that's what I tell people all the time when I'm talking to them. I'm like, look, put your passion on paper. If you don't have your book yet, if you don't have something, put it on paper and get it done. I'm in the process of writing mine because I was one of those people that didn't think that you needed it. Yeah. And, of course, the podcast helps when you have a platform. And that's all a book is. It's a platform. But it's also a really good introduction that's, like you said, sits on people's desk screaming your name every time they look at that book saying, Oh yeah. yeah, you know what? Maybe I should book this guy. He actually, he's got a book and yeah. I've not met a speaker or a high paid speaker that's being booked that doesn't have a book. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome point to end on how I really do appreciate it. How can people find you online? Um, I'm all over the place, but uh, you can contact me directly, halelrod.com. You know, go there, click contact. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you want to, I, I, I try to respond to all, you know, anyone, anytime anybody tweets me, uh, it's at halelrod, H-A-L-E-L-R-O-D. And then last but not least, uh, Vernon, I'd love to invite everybody listening um, to the Miracle Morning community on Facebook. And I don't know if you've been in there, Vernon, but this has become the most positive inspired, supportive, encouraging online communities that I have ever seen. And when I started it, I didn't know what it would become. And we just got our 10,000th member the other day from all over the world. And it's crazy how much somebody new will come in and post a question or and they'll have 70 comments on their question. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's, it, I've it, seen the group. It is, it is a really good responsive group. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so you can come, that's a great place to, you know, come tag me in there or find me in there or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, and by the way, if, if you're, if your listeners, if you're interested in the miracle morning, but you're not ready to buy it on Amazon, you know, whether money's tight or, you know, you got enough book street, um, you can go to uh, miraclemorning.com and uh, that's where they can, you can get the first few chapters of the book for free. So miraclemorning.com is the place uh, to do that. Awesome. I'll have all the links to everything that you've talked about in the show notes so people can go out there and find you. They can get their copy of The Miracle Morning. I do encourage people to go out and get the audiobook. And if you're not a member of Audible, I don't have an affiliate link to it, but go out to Audible and sign up for free. Get your first book for free, and you'll, you can get The Miracle Morning pretty much just like I did. And like I said, you know, I know you're not a proponent of telling people, hey, if you only do a little bit, it's going to work. But I'm telling you, once you start doing this and create a habit – just try to do it for 28 days. It will become a habit. Yeah. February is the perfect month <laughs> to go. go out and buy the Miracle Morning and start doing it. But any stretch period of time, it's a good book to have. Like I said, I actually um, listened to and completed the book over the summer, last summer. Oh, nice. And it was um, it was what, what I read when I did yard work. So every Saturday, you know, I'd do a couple hours of yard work or I'd go running so it was my running listening, and it was my yard work listening. I got finished with it in about a week, and I'm like, well, actually in about two weeks. I'm like, man, this is a, just a really good book, and I guess I should start doing it. And yeah. about three weeks after I finished it, I woke up one morning at like 4 a.m., just couldn't sleep, got up, went downstairs, started journaling a little bit, did a little bit of exercise because I have a gym membership and hadn't been, uh -huh. got on the treadmill, and it was like one of the best days ever. And I'm like, you know what? I got to start doing this miracle morning. So I start getting up and now I'm doing my meditations and nice. I'm writing more and 
getting this book finished that I've been putting off because I hadn't had the time. Well, I've got the time now because I wake up just a little bit earlier and it's, it's a, um, it can be a life changing book. And I, I really do appreciate the fact that you wrote it. And, you know, I think people are going to really enjoy reading it if they decide to pick it up. Cool. Well, Vernon, and I appreciate that, man. And I'm, I'm grateful that it's impacting your life because you're impacting other people's lives. So it's a, it's a, it's a nice ripple effect. Right. And you said you're, you, you have a mission to get 1 million, change 1 million lives one morning at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, you know, I just, I try to pay attention to feedback I get and there's nothing I've ever put out into the world, you know, not a speech or a video or a podcast or a blog or anything that has made such a, an impact for so many people. Um, and so, you know, I mean, yeah, there's just, there's nothing. So it's like, this is my mission in life until further notice. And, and granted, I have two kids. I mean, my kids trump the, the 1 million people. And so does my wife any given day. Right. Of course. Uh, right. But, but my, my, you know, my, my bigger picture, greater good mission. Yeah. Is, is change 1 million lives one morning at a time. And my original vision for the book, um, like my, how was my vision? Like my, I guess my wildest dream, if you will, was dude, this could change the world. Because if you change the way people wake up in the morning, right, if you change the way a person wakes up in the morning and they start every day at a level 10, they start every day focused, goal-oriented, you know, the med- all, the, all the, the miracle morning practices, like you start the day, you can't have a bad day when you, when, you, when you crush the morning. It just sets the tone for the whole day. And if you do have a bad day where things go wrong, the beauty of it is you get to hit the reset button before you go to bed. You don't go to bed and go, man, I got to wake up my problems. You go, yeah, I got the miracle morning. Thank God. You know, it's like I can't wait right. to go to sleep so I can wake up and do a miracle morning, right? And so, um, yeah, so I realized that, wow, if, if we, you know, if we get the, you know, I mean, I'd say 80% of the society is not, does not consider themselves a morning person. And, you know, we kind of busted that limiting belief in the book, but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's just, it's inspiring to see that it kind of the vision of what I thought it could be is literally happening. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy in, in a good way. No, it's, it's great, man. I, uh, I really did enjoy it and uh, I'll probably be talking more about it. Uh, I do a mindset Monday or and sometimes it comes out on Tuesday edition of the podcast. I'll probably touch on it a little bit more because there's some really good things in there that I think I, I want to share with people even a little bit more past this particular interview. I appreciate it, man. Well, Brennan, thanks for having me. And everybody that listened, thank you so much for your time. I hope you got some value today. And uh, if there's anything that I can do, Vernon, help you or, you know, help uh, your community, don't hesitate. Let me know, please. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I really do appreciate it. All right, brother. Take care. All right. See, what did I tell you guys? 7.1 steps to create multiple streams of income. And you guys thought that this was just going to be a motivational piece about the Miracle Morning, didn't you? Now, the Miracle Morning is pretty amazing. And I am a student of the Miracle Morning. It's something that I practice quite a bit. And I have to be honest, I'm not 100% with it. But when I am, things start happening. Things are amazing. And I don't stray from the process for long. As we mentioned in the interview, take a look at the Facebook group. There's a link in the show notes to the Facebook group. I think you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. It is free to join and make sure you go out to miraclemorning.com. Get on that email list so you can get the first couple of chapters for free. Check it out or actually just go out to audible.com. I'm not even an affiliate of Audible, but I love Audible. I get at least one book a month. Sometimes I end up buying two so I can listen to multiple things at one time because it's, it's awfully hard to sit down and just, you know, read through a book, but it's a lot easier to listen and Audio travels well. Books don't necessarily do that because they're bulky in your luggage. Definitely go out there, check it out. 
Get the Miracle Morning. It is worth reading, worth listening to. I will recommend both. Actually, my hard copy is on its way because I want to really make some notes in the book. And I just like doing that. There's a tactile thing with me and books and actually having it in my possession. But Hal's story is pretty amazing. To die in an accident, come back, and then rebuild your life and rebuild your business just three weeks after going through a horrendous situation. I think it's an inspiration to us all and an inspiration to what is possible as far as the human experience is concerned and what you can truly achieve when you put your mind to it. I think we're all capable of our own miracle mornings, and I really do hope that you guys get the book, start listening to it, and start pursuing your own miracle morning. Hal said that his mission was a change one life, one miracle morning at a time. So pretty amazing stuff, pretty motivating stuff. I really did enjoy talking to Hal. And, you know, I'm just thrilled that you guys were able to listen to that interview. Now, something that Jim Rohn said that actually he says changed his life. The level of your success will seldom exceed your personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. One of the quickest, easiest, and most trouble-free ways that I know is learning. What is it that you want to learn that you can add value with? When you start thinking about being able to add value, you have to have a point of leverage when you're trying to network with someone and when you're trying to get something that they have, usually it's a job, you have to have something of value to exchange for that. Most often it's your skill. But if you don't have any skills, and a lot of people don't, or the skills that you have are not transferable to the thing that you want to do, you have to skill up. One of the easiest and most trouble-free and low-cost ways I know of skilling up is on lynda.com. Right now, Linda has partnered with the Social Strategy Podcast to bring you guys a 10-day free trial. Just go out to lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com forward slash Ross. Sign up for a 10-day free trial and check it out. You have access to over 3,000 courses and it's unlimited access by professionals, professionally shot. These are good videos. The instruction is good. It's quick. It's to the point, And there's not a lot of fluff. There are a lot of courses and a lot of stuff out there on the internet that you can take. But quite honestly, none of it is as polished and as great as lynda.com. I'm really happy about this sponsorship because lynda.com has meant so much to me and my IT career and helping me along. But there's just so much stuff you can learn on lynda.com. I really want you guys to take advantage of it to see why I am so adamant about you guys using this site. You know, I don't do sponsors a lot on the show because I have to believe in the product and actually use it. Lynda.com forward slash Ross. Go out there. You guys will not be disappointed. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, email me, Vernon at VernonRoss.com. I want to hear what you guys think about this. I want to hear what you think about how make sure to join the Facebook community and come follow me on Instagram. Tag me where you're listening to the show, Instagram.com forward slash Ross PR. You know where to find me online, Twitter, Ross PR. And again, guys, thanks a lot for tuning in. Keep those iTunes reviews coming. We need some more. We're on Spreaker now. That's an interesting site. I'm kind of liking that and enjoying the, the Spreaker-ness of the podcast. And I'm soon to be coming on SoundCloud. I'm still kicking around the whole SoundCloud idea and a few other sites out there that you can listen on. But of course, you know, you can find me on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, um, just about everywhere else. Player.fm. I'm even on some Dutch station that I'm not that familiar with. It's like podcast.de or something like that. 
it's it's pretty amazing how many countries the actual podcast is listened to now. I've actually had to translate an email, which was uh, that was fun. That was amazing and very inspiring. So, guys, I hope that this particular podcast has really served you. I hope that you've gotten a tremendous amount of value out of it. If you hadn't, go back and listen to it again because there's some good stuff in this one. I really do enjoy this. I love podcasting, and I hope that you guys love listening to the show. And I will see you in the next episode.